welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. I think that we all agree that the last couple of weeks have been like an out of control roller coaster ride, or perhaps like being in a tumble dryer on full speed. There's been a lot of uncertainty and we're all living in a state of constant change, literally by the day and in some cases by the hour. In times like this, we need leadership and we need a sense of calm as we try and work through this. It affects pretty much the population of the entire planet and salon owners and hairdressers in general are as vulnerable and as exposed as anybody is. And I don't just mean our physical health, but the health of our businesses. In today's podcast, I have a couple of salon owners, starting with Robert and Mary Chromians, and then Sue Ahrens, all of whom are successful salon owners, to see how they are dealing with the current situation, and to start looking at what the future will be like, and how we can prepare for when we come out of the other end of this, because we will come out of the other end of it. So, Robert and Mary, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Anthony. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And uh, I know it's early in the morning for you. So thank you very much for uh, joining me online here. So um, let's just jump straight in the deep end. You've got uh, salons um, in California. Uh, What is the current situation on your salons? Well, we've obviously closed down. How many days now? We've been closed since the 17th of March. So we're going on almost two weeks. Was that forced enclosure from the 17th of March? I feel, yeah, the governor was saying all non-essential businesses need to start closing up. Okay. So you're already heading towards two weeks. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that that's enough. I, th- I don't even nearly think it is. Unfortunately, I think we're in this for, um, well, who knows, but it, it's not going to be all over next week and uh, back to business as usual. Um, how are your, your team handling this? I mean, if you've been closed coming up for two weeks, I mean, that's putting a lot of uh, stress on people, economic stress as, as much as anything else. I mean, I think some people at the beginning think of it as a bit of a Yahoo moment. I'm on holiday. And then very quickly they realize that it's actually not quite like that. So uh, how are you communicating with your team and how are they bearing up? Well, I definitely see the celebration. I, I wanted to talk to them last Saturday. I go, yeah, how does it feel to have a Saturday off? Uh, and that's how they all looked when I was on the Skype call with them. I could see them all in jammers and pets and just hanging. But, you know, the great thing here with technology, we've been able to communicate with the team. So kind of like my beautiful wife said, you know, even though we're socially distant, we feel as a team, we're closer together. We're having conversations. I mean, you think about pulling a meeting once a month in the salon, you're, that's a miracle. Mm. Now we're having meetings on an ongoing basis. There's a text thread. Everybody's communicating. Uh, we have the staff right now working on a project, doing their own hair at home so we can post it to our clients. And between the 41 staff, everybody will see a style that works for them. I I saw uh, a couple of them. They were, they yeah. were great. I saw a couple of them yesterday on Instagram. Yeah. Well, so I just feel that right now the team is aligned and I feel even though there's uncertainty, uh, one of my favorite quotes, Anthony, came from Matthew McConaughey. Uh, and it was, he said, the world is sitting at a red light that will turn green. So if you imagine sitting at a red light, as we often have, very impatient, trying to get a place and you're like, is this thing ever going to change? 
The fact is it does. So the reality here is we've got to move our minds in a way towards the future. We have a reset opportunity, an opportunity to really reimagine our business, just like the way we used to fantasize about it before we opened it. And I think because of the way the crisis has affected the team, they're probably more prepared and more malleable than ever, ready to do different things to kind of move forward in our new normal way. And I just love that as a visionary salon owner, there is some great news in this situation, especially the more time we take to pause. Uh, there's more time to really get into the the quality of service. What would we do? And were we taking people for granted? What's the best we can be? What's the career you want? The lifestyle, the financial compensation, because we're going to be in demand. And when an airline ticket's in demand, it costs more. And if you want to look right now, what tickets cost? They cost nothing. Nobody wants one. <laughs> so when hairdressers are in demand, we come this really unique place that we can actually make a lot more things happen towards our business than just the evolution of time would let us. Yeah. So have have you got like you you mentioned text messages? Have you got like a group, you know, Facebook group, or you're doing Zoom calls with the team? How are you sort of communicating with them on mass? Yeah. So we have group text messaging happening for the whole team. Mm -hmm. We have two stores, so I've separated it in the two stores, so I could, you know, it's twenty text messages on your iPhone. So 20 people in each store, which works out for us. And then we have scheduled Zoom calls. So we've already had three so far. Uh, We have another one. We're actually going to do... I haven't sent it out to the team yet, but I'm inviting them to a virtual happy hour on Friday night. So at six o'clock and Robert and I are going to make quarantinis. And it's not going to be you know really any talk about business. We just want to have... 15 minutes with the team or 30 minutes or however they want. We'll do that through Zoom. And... So just something kind of cool and cute. But then on Monday, um, we have another Zoom call scheduled. So then we can talk about business and basically talk about our strategy and coming from Robert as the visionary, but where all where we all fit in too to help implement all of the the our new normal and how we're gonna be in the salon when we come back. Good, good. Well, I love the sound of quarantinis. Do you want to be invited? It might not work for your time schedule. We'll have to do a morning one. Yeah, quarantinis. That's going to be the cheapest round you've ever had. So uh, but I, I think that's really important, isn't it? To keep in touch with your team. Um, you know, a lot of our, a lot of hairdressers, you know, any salon I go into, you see a lot of these very young people in there that have got fairly unstable, you know, day-by-day lifestyles. And so something like this, because they don't always have stable family situations and stuff either. And so something like this can really upend them quickly. So I think it's incredibly important that you you know, that you do what you're doing and that you do bond and connect with people and uh, look to, you know, allay any of their concerns. Um, what, what is their biggest angst? Is it, is it finance, particularly? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Finance. Yeah, that's inevitable. The one good thing I would say, though, especially being in California, a lot of us, I feel like me being a salon owner now and taking some of that responsibility, all the labor laws that have come into play with California that really affect hairdressers where we can't be commission hairdressers anymore. We have to have uh, an hourly rate and, you know, really document everything, clocking in, clocking out and all of that stuff. But I know that for myself and my team, we've never been more grateful for that now. Right. Because what that means is my whole team, when we, when Robert and I had to temporarily lay them off, which is the weirdest thing on earth to ever do, it feels so strange. We were able to direct them to the unemployment online application and they all filled out their online application and actually tomorrow they should be hearing back from unemployment. So while it's not, you know, what we're used to of getting, you know, cash gratuities on a daily basis and having, you know, an extra 20 bucks here and there and everywhere, 
Mm. They're still going to be compensated, which I think that if those labor laws weren't in play previously, we may not have had that opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so they interesting. They feel a lot, lot more protected, and the team has been saying to me, especially. But you know, oh my gosh, thank God for you and Robert. Oh my God, I'm so grateful to be an employee working here because at least I was able to do this, and you're showing me how to do it. Like I would be nervous if I was on my own how to, how to do it. Yeah. Um, anyway, in that regard, I feel like they're they're quite grateful, and that's part of the reason why we feel pretty connected to them. Good. Good. Yeah. I think I think it's inevitable that. Uh, you know, there's going to be a world that was before coronavirus and a world after, and the hairdressing industry is going to be a different world afterwards. And it remains to be seen exactly what that means, but uh, it's certainly not going to be business as usual. But we can go we can go back to that in a few minutes. You know, talking about communication with your team, what about clients? What are you doing to uh, keep in contact with clients? What, what sort of strategy have you got in place for that? Well, well, a couple of things, you know, we didn't know how long this would last. And I will say, as we all sit here paying attention to CNN, et cetera, we know that it's not just going to be a couple of weeks. So we've got to sort of visualize that as we go forward. So we had clients on the book that we've actually just rescheduled that were already had prior appointments. So the first thing is we picked our far out date. Uh, I think we're working off of what, April? May 1st now. May, May 1st is our target date. Yeah. Um, then every appointment till May 1st has been canceled. So we're doing a lot of this, trying to really increase our touch point with people. So we're making phone calls. Our reservation team are actually working shifts of three hours. Um, we've got a little construction going on. Did you hear it? I did, but that's okay. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's fine. It's okay. It, Get up it, from it's, it's, Mary, it's, it's Mary's heart. <laughs> <laughs> If you're going to be quarantined with somebody, this is a lady to be quarantined with. This is like our honeymoon we never got because we were so busy. Well, the, um, you know, the things you do for kind of help it, but go off subject. <laughs> but before this happened, people were very resistant going to classes, seminars, et cetera, et cetera. I just imagine right now the first haircutting class we have back at the salon, everybody's going to want to go. <laughs> so this is a game changer in so many things. So when we look at our clients, um, obviously, the communication we're having is really incredible. Using, again, technology, we have a thing called Weave, and it's not a highlight. It's a phone system that we work with that gives us the ability to text messages to people. Mm -hmm. And we also crafted a beautiful letter that my beautiful wife put together. Uh, and it's got a bit of humor to it, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. And it refers to one of my favorite subjects, Sandy, about doing your own hair at home. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of stuff on the Internet. A couple of people are getting hate mail. Um, you know, the reality is just like the planet is chilling out for a little bit. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't hurt one of my guests for their hair to chill out for a little while. Yeah. And the one thing I've got to tell everybody who is listening to this, every client is beautiful. You know, the beauty is in people. We just get to enhance it. It's kind of like with the way we put clothes on. But I'm just saying, if your bangs are getting too long, grow them out and I'll do something different with them. If your hair got longer, it gives me total freedom to do something new. And if you look at ombre, one of the biggest trends in the industry's ever seen, uh, that was to do with the 2009 recession where people stopped going to get their hair done and they had long, larger regrowth and it became a trend. It used to be stoned with sticks if you had roots. And the reality is they became popular. Now it's, it's how you look at it. So I just want to say to all the beautiful people out there, rest your hair. Uh, you know, if you've got color situations, put a hat on, get creative, do ties, use mascara. There's lots of way to do it. But at the end of the day, people in your household love you. You are gorgeous. And we're just honored that we like to enhance each other's life by doing a bit of hair. It's not the most important thing. Um, so I just feel as we sort of work into this, uh, there's a whole new expectation. We want to have a grand opening party when we start. 
Mm-hmm. We want to start over. We want to have a different business. I want them to walk in and be wild of what do we do differently to the place while we were gone. I think every salon's got to start to think about that because if they just open the door and it's the same old way we were, then I, I, I've got to warn you, just like the virus threatens weakened people, uh, this will hurt weakened salons if you don't open up with a new attitude. This mm. is a gift in many, many ways that we've got to look at. Yeah, good analogy. Uh, you, you you touched on the home hairdressing thing for a minute. Um, I, I want to dig into that a bit. Have you got any income coming in through the salon? So things like gift card sales or, you know, have you got e-commerce for retail? or Have you got anything happening at the minute? We do not. No. So we have had a couple guests that called that wanted to buy some take home products, some shampoo conditioner, because they typically get a weekly blowout and now they need to do it themselves. Yeah. But uh, no, we have not. We've just shut down operations. We're really trying to avoid contact. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We offer gift cards. People can buy them. It's not typical in our clientele. Yeah. They don't tend to buy a lot of gift cards. Let me talk on that, Anthony, because that was some of the first places. If I looked at this as a two, three week thing, a gift card would fix our little problem. Mm -hmm. Restaurants would thrive. Salons would do okay. But as I see it going into a couple of months, a gift card sale today will not help me tomorrow because them coming back to work, they're going to want to make money. And we'll be doing a lot of hair when we're in the biggest demand for half price and discounting them. And as I just say, I just don't think the gift card thing better to start a GoFundMe page, <laughs> take gratuities uh, because to me, any money you make right now will not help you make up the difference of what you're short. Yeah. And the reality is, as you move forward towards this, I, I just feel that, you know, long-term is what we've got to think of here. And I, I just think gift cards aren't necessarily the solution I would follow in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think for us, because if we get that much, say we got, $20,000 in gift cards and we use that for whatever we're going to pay for right now. When that guest comes back in, in four weeks, six weeks, a month, that money's gone. We still have to pay our team Yeah, exactly. Yeah. on that. And so for us, it would be a little bit more crippling, I think. Yeah. That's but a little I, bit like, like the loan thing, you know, a lot of governments yeah. are offering loans and uh, the same about you got to be careful with that. Don't you? I mean, you know, depending on the interest rate, et cetera, but you know, you, you've got to pay this money back. Like you can get a loan up front, but then that's, you, that's going to be coming out of your cash deals. flow further down the line. Anthony, I did one of these deals in a recession. The landlord just said to me, no, I'll just defer it to next year. And I said, yes, thank you so much. I kissed his feet. But the next year when January rolled around and I had double rent, mm. We don't have the margins for that, Anthony. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just say, then this is a message for everybody. Uh, the most important thing right here is food, water, quarantine with your family. Uh, I'm not paying certain bills. I'm not doing it. My landlord right now is on hiatus as far as I'm concerned. I have no revenue. And if you're a stylist, independent contractor, I think your obligation is to your family and having food and water are the most important things. So your credit cards are going to back off right now. Uh, your landlords, they just did a, some of the major banks here in the States just declared mortgage free next month. Uh, everybody's stepping in. Everybody's affected it. It's kind of like the housing crisis. When it first went down, uh, you know, you thought, oh my God, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. I can't pay my mortgage. Mm. And then when everybody got it, it became the housing crisis. And then it was no big deal and it fixed itself. 
myself and the government stepped in. We're going to be protected. And I'd love to see the line in courts of people trying to sue you uh, at the end of this because you didn't pay a bill. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying uh, the, the exception to this, perhaps life insurance, good idea to keep it right now. Uh, but the, the, everything else can wait. And I speak on my own personal behalf. Uh, most of the people we called have been very lenient. Um, as I say, one landlord said he'll do 50% off for the next three months. I told him, kiss my booty, uh, because I'd love to see the line of people that want to rent my space if I can't pay. Mm. Uh, who's going to want to open a new salon right now or a business? And if you are listening and do, I've got a couple I'd love to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you touched on uh, before uh, the home hair color thing, and there's been a lot of press about that, you know, mainly in social media. Uh, the, uh, there was a storm about it in the UK. You, you have a slightly different scenario in the US in that you have, um, you know, Madison Reed, you have E-Salon and you have L'Oreal's Colour & Co, which at the moment, um, E-Salon is also available in Europe, but, but L'Oreal's Colour & Co is US-centric at the moment. It's not on this part of the world, but it will be. Uh, most people listening to this that aren't American won't even have a clue what I'm talking about when I say E-Salon, Colour & Co, Madison Reed. Um, most of them just see this distinction between box colour in the aisle seven of the supermarket or salons, and uh, many of them are unaware of this middle player that has you know, entered the market and, uh, and growing. Um, so, so what is your take on that? Because I'm seeing on American uh, social media, um, you know, chats that I'm involved with, forums that I'm involved with, is that there are a lot of people talking about <laughs> selling uh, take-home kits for clients to use at home. And I know, for example, that even Redken have now a, toke, a take-home kit, Root Fusion or something, um, that is exactly for this purpose. So, you know, and, and the arguments that are on social media, and they're getting quite bitter in some cases, you know, uh, are that, listen, if we don't capitalize and keep these clients in our business, then we will lose them to the likes of Madison Reed and uh, Color and & Co. and, uh, and E-Salon. Uh, so what is your take on that? Well, I'll take it first, then you can do yours. Um, so I feel like for us in the US, the thing that is most of the guests and some hairdressers are creating their own home hair color kit. So if I do your color, Anthony, and you want to touch up your non-pigmented hair, I'm going to, I'm making you a one ounce version of your color. So you can do your hairline and your part line. The hairdressers are making that they're putting it in, you know, little plastic cups or syringes, separating the product from their developer and giving the guests that kit that they need to take home. So a lot of our guests are calling and asking for that. And for me, I'm not, I'm, my heart isn't really into it as much. I do think it's a little bit of a genius idea and that's great. What a way to support your guests and get them through in a pinch so that mm. they're not using box dye, so that they're not going to Madison Reed, so they're not getting a color kit online. But that being said, I don't feel like I'm risking... If my guest does her color at home and she grabs a box color or goes to Madison Reed, I hope it would take more than that for, for me to get replaced. Because yeah. what I give my guest in the salon is so much more than her color. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know all about her children and them going to college. And I know the fight she had with her husband and the new job she's preparing for. And, mm -hmm. you know, the touch points that I have that I actually... When I shampoo her hair, even though it's been... 15 years that I've been doing that guest hair. And she says that's still the best thing that she ever gets. And the more like, you know, Oh my God, that feels like a full body massage. Thank you so much. I needed that. Like she's not going to get that at home. 
She's also not going to get the back of her head at home. So I'm not so worried that if in this one time, maybe they touch up their hair one or two times, I'm hoping that they don't and they wait for me and they let it grow out. But I don't feel that I'm replaceable. She's irreplaceable. <laughs> I just, I feel like I do so much more. And I think that oh, no, other, I agree. Hairdressers, it's, it's, other hairdressers should feel that way as well. I don't yeah. feel like that's the threat. Good. I'd like for them not to do it just so I don't have double the work when I get back, especially if they pull it through their ends and cover the stuff that we have yeah. been working on. Yeah. But I'm not thinking that they're going to be like, oh, this was awesome. I can't wait to keep doing my own hair color in my bathroom and it's going to fade off quicker and I'm going to get messy and yeah, I yeah. might drop it in my eye and get my bathroom dirty. So yeah, I mean, I don't I, feel so nervous about that. Yeah, I know different states and different, different countries and different states have got different ways of handling this financially. And I know that some hairdressers are doing this because I've got two choices. I either do this and get money to feed my kids, uh, do you know what I mean? Or I, I take the moral high ground and uh, I, I don't have any personal cash flow. So it, it's easy to take a, uh, a stance on it one way or the other. But if you're that hairdresser who is um, broke, um, you can see why people would consider going down this route. Well, uh, let's, let's, go, let's go a little broader, Anthony. The biggest hair color used uh, seller in the world is the supermarket already. Hmm. 70% of all hair color is done from a supermarket origin. So first of all, how difficult do we make it? You know, so the reality is our, always our enemy has been the supermarket. Mm-hmm. So these other outlets that are delivering it to your house or whatever, they're more competing with that type of avenue more than us. Um, I used to do a t-shirt that said, quit your bitch and you did it in the kitchen. Because mm-hmm. um, it was you know, really about the reality. What's different, if you look at a box of hair color, it's worth 10 bucks. That's not what I'm charging. I'm adding nine things to it. And I'm not talking about ingredients. People get off your professional high horse. Mm-hmm. It's about what my beautiful wife said. It's about an experience. So if I've got to compete with your husband putting the back on for you, I think I can do a better job. Mm. So again, what we got to define as we go back to work is really what is a color experience at our salon? Are you having your roots done or are you having a color experience? So you really be get given the, all the options that are available. So I think we got to really look at it as a bigger picture. Um, as time goes on, I think there may be solutions. If this runs into two, three months, I think we may see. But what surprises me is a week close, people have a line at the door of color needing done. Shame on you people. <laughs> These people should have been in already. Uh, you've got demand on toilet paper already when there's no shortage. So as we move into this three, four months from now, I can absolutely see where the team may get such a you know, focus from our guests on what they need. We may get crafty. Uh, I just think for right now, we were real taking care of what was a crisis to us. Mm-hmm. And when I look about long term, if our clients in two months time can't live with their own hair color, then perhaps we can come up with a solution. I'm sure our Paul Mitchell company is already thinking about it. But again, love who you are. I can't tell you, and you know this, Anthony, because you're a hairdresser. How many clients have sat in your chair and told you they grew out their hair so they could get something new with you? Mm. Yep, it's almost exactly. a common denominator. Mm. I let my color grow out to see what you would do with it. Mm. These are the conversations our industry. I know you guys are a little hurt because some guy on the internet said, go to the supermarket. It's the same. Listen, uh, the chicken's the same at the supermarket until I cook it, Anthony. It is delicious, the things I do with stuff. It starts one way. I can compete with that. You can compete with it. Our clients will not, they're going to want to be pampered. And it's going to become, honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a, 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 a 
what's that? A retreat. People are going to want to re- retreat into the salon. So an opportunity really arises here uh, because I think we can compete with home hair color, supermarkets. I think the industry was sleeping. We can do better at this with the help of Instagram. I think now is the time to declare a color epidemic after this because the reality is people are going to want to get colorful after this crazy bombardment. But to me, we got to change our mind, get excited about what we're going to see, have this conversation, not about the terrible corona disease, but oh my God, look how long your hair is. What can we do? We can do anything today. That's the type of excitement. And I would even suggest to hairdressers on the call, if you want to make contact with your client, give them a phone call. How many you got anyway? A hundred? 120 you got nothing to do and start having conversations i can't wait for you grow that piece out grow your layers out when you come back we're going to do this start getting them excited teasing them if you will teasing them about the future that may come and i think this is going to be a great way to build a a relationship with a client that will never drop if we could keep every client we touch we'd be a different industry we drop too many because we suck in places. I say that as an owner, and I speak for myself first before I accuse anybody on the listening ear. To, you know, it's not at you; it's at me. We are guilty every time we stack a Saturday. Overwhelmingly busy. Good for the cash register, bad for the client. We got to rethink our business as we move forward. Uh, we pulled out stations. Every station after usage now has to be sanitized. We sanitize our brush and we wrap it with Saran wrap as it goes back into inventory. So the client always has the sensation of a brand new brush. Yep. These are the new norms we're going to have to face. So, you know, uh, assistance, we've used lots of assistant power. My wife does $2,000 days with, you know, a little bit of help here and there, but the new way is a little bit of air traffic control, pacing the business down on purpose and working off a of demand, making sure every client that's been getting a gracious discount for the last 20 years <laughs> is pulled up to the proper price for things that are in demand. And I think my team are going to be willing to do that. Whereas before they were very worried about losing right now is a place of winning. And as a professional, you owe it to yourself and your family to make this living that you're capable of because people are going to want to get a hold of you when we're done with this. Yeah, it goes back to that thing I rattle on about and have been for years, which is exactly what you're talking about. There's two, there's three things that happen when a client comes into the salon. They get a product, the product being our haircut and color that we give them. Then they also have an experience and a relationship. And so many of us just don't pay any attention to the experience and relationship that we're building with clients. We put all the emphasis on giving them the best haircut and color. And, uh, you know, now more than ever, it's, it's, it's back to really focusing on, yes, they expect, and it's, it's an assumption that when they walk in the door, they get a good haircut and color. It's an expectation, but it's a bit they get on top of that. It's what you were talking about, Mary, the relationship that you have with them and the experience that they have. And I think this gives us a chance, you know, while we're sat around at home, uh, this gives people a chance to stop and think and to really design that whole experience that you want people to have from the minute they pick up the phone to the minute they walk out the door with a smile on their face, you know, that there has to be a, a an experience in place that um, using uh, at-home color, whether it's stuff you're ordering online um, or whether it's stuff you're getting in aisle seven at Walgreens, it, it, it just can't compete. So this gives people time to, you know, to really focus on that. Let, let, let me ask you this Just question. One little thought, one little thought, Anthony. Just, I think it's up for every stylist. My wife is going to take the challenge, letting her roots grow out, start to put evidence on the internet, uh, you know, have a root challenge with people, start to show the clients that you're going through it. And then as your roots are getting bigger, show them creative ways how to camouflage it. 
yeah. uh, without using it because we're creative people. And, you know, we've all been in a place where the dispensary's out of a color. We get creative. We can get creative here. And I think it's a great way to show the clients we care. And I think it'd be a lot of fun. I loved on the internet kid was scissor over combing grass. Cause he's so bored. <laughs> One kid was on the internet and he was doing Good invisible on. styling. There's no client in the chair, but he's round brushing and yeah. doing all the stuff. And, uh, one client was uh, talking to a mannequin head. Like she's a client. Like, how are your kids? How's your, I mean, it, just let's have a little fun with this because our industry is a fun one. And I just think that we need to kind of get a little more creative in different ways. Yeah. And a lot of the female listeners and guys, um, you know, I see some highlights up there, Anthony. Um, you know, the reality is what a great way to show your clients. It's not you. It's we're all going through this the same way. Yeah. And I just, it's a, it's a, it's the front side that's going to bring people to you. Uh, you know, every time I see a, th- a header on an email that starts with coronavirus, I'm not going to open. It. I think I'm going to catch it. Mm. So the reality, is you got to put a spin on it. My wife created a document that is super clever. Uh, it's got a little tongue in cheek in it and I can't wait for our clients to read it. It's going out today uh, but a lot about what they can do at home and how to wait on us and how to be patient, what you got to do. And, you know, we can't wait. I think if you interviewed everybody in the world, the five things they miss the most, their salon experience has to come into play. Yeah. Has to. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Funnily enough, I was listening to a podcast last night. And uh, it wasn't a hairdressing one. It wasn't a podcast. It was a webinar. Uh, it was a guy talking about marketing. And he was talking about how different businesses are, um, you know, approaching this and looking for the opportunities. And you just touched on it then. And he said he was saying, you know, people have got to get creative. And he talked about a guy. I'm not sure what country he was in. Uh, he said I was, he was talking about a guy that had a restaurant and uh, – uh, restaurants have been closed down and they've absolutely been hammered, just like the hairdressing industry. Uh, but this guy had decided to put together not just takeaway food, but um, uncooked food. So he would prepare everything that you needed and he would box it up and he'd put the recipe down and, and he was selling these things through his business. And I think his business was a Vietnamese restaurant. I think it was in the United States. I'm not sure. And uh, apparently that was going off. And you know, he, he was talking about you've got to get creative. You've got to get creative. And so it's that challenge for us. We go on about how we're a creative industry. Well, now let's get creative. Do you know what I mean? What can we do to bring in revenue into our businesses under this current situation that we're in and or not just in the situation that we're in? But when this ends, and like I said, it will end, what can we do that's different? How can we go, oh, my God, that gave us a kick in the pants that we really needed and and look at the change it's made to us as an industry and how we see ourselves and how we run our businesses? I think it's, again, that silver lining, uh, lemon to lemonade. It's really the part that's going to make the biggest difference. And um, I think the client's going to expect it too. Uh, That's what I love about it. So, you know, we used to say in our old seminars, you know, number one thing a client looks for is a clean salon. And we laugh about that, how simple it is. But to me, people are going to want to know they're coming into an environment that is very well maintained. And I just think we all got to think of that. So if you've got my mentality the old way, how many chairs can I fit in this many square feet? Yeah. I now have to go in and remove chairs. Uh, Our limit when we reopen is 10 guests, 10 people in the building at one time following the same codes before the virus. And this is for comfort. Mm -hmm. So this is going to help my business open and expand 
starting with longer hours, split shifts, everything I've always dreamed of as an owner that it was always hard to do mm. is going to be great, more convenient for the client. But again, a, a, a more purposeful sort of setting. So it's kind of like a private restaurant that you rent out. Every, every moment is valuable. So also, you know, taking care of, you know, we, we, we've never had a cancellation policy. Because we never thought, you know, if you called in sick on Saturday, do I give a client money back? And after this, we've decided to put in a cancellation policy, especially on our heavy reputation players yeah. and not for everybody. And we'll actually going to take it 100%. If we give you a 50, if we need 50% because you didn't cancel within 24 hours, we will give you 50% if we cancel on you without 24 hours notice. So that's going to help me get rid of the kids that call in sick every third Saturday. Mm. So the reality here is this is systems oh, I think, uh, yeah. of a thought to move forward with, to kind of create, uh, reaffirm the ones you started and yeah. then readdress ones that we got. Like how are we going to sanitize every station after every visit? The other way is you dust off the, your, the bum hair mm. and you sit a client on it. Mm. This will not fly in the new world. So we no. need to slow the businesses down a little bit on purpose, just like perfect air flight control does. Yeah. They're not letting all the planes come in at one time. They slow a few down. Yeah. We need to get yeah. more purposeful. And this gives our days accuracy. This gives our days like we're going to have a $4,000 day every day. How mm. do you know? Because I booked it that way. Mm. Wow. What a, what a game changer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, we need to start wrapping up, but I've got one question for both of you before we do. Um, and that's about you personally. So uh, as, as leaders, we'll start with you, Mary, uh, as leaders, what are you doing to stay positive and to prepare for when this ends? What are you doing? Well, it's easy to stay positive when I live with Robert Cromines because he is the master of the healthy outcome and he sees the good in everything. So it's quite contagious in that regard. No pun intended. Mm. Um, it's easy for me to be that way, but I feel such a huge responsibility for my team. So even if I want to like feel sorry for myself or whatever, I just can't. I have to be a leader. And so yeah. I'm watching, I'm listening to your podcast. I'm jumping on Harebrained. I'm following every single podcast and webinar that I can, that also gives me that positivity that I need. And is even if I only get one little nugget out of it, it's helpful that I can take that and use that research to put into my daily life and just share it with my team and keep communicating with them. So my responsibility is kind of, that's my choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good answer. Okay. Robert. Um, I just say, you know, I'm very fortunate. I get to hang out with visionaries, people like John Paul, uh, Paul Mitchell, the hairdresser, was a visionary. He had a solar car, you know, long before uh, there was ever a Prius. This is that's true vision. But the thing that's interesting about visionaries, they got to be gullible. So the reason I can be so focused on my business in the future is I, I, I'm kind of gullible enough to know that all this will go away. And I want you to just to get that because there's so much news out there that makes it just seem like the sky is going to fall. I think you need to be a little naive here and just say, well. What if, what if we open in three weeks or four weeks? What, if, what are we going to do and put in that what if kind of category and see what you can do with it? Because I love being a visionary. It just means I'm not really stuck in a moment. I'm so focused on Tomorrowland. Walt Disney was an incredible visionary that bought acres and acres of swampland. I mean, that's vision. Uh, so I just think we've got to put our visionary hats on, no pun intended, but get a bit of visualization going on with you and your team. The more you can bring the team into these thoughts, uh, the more buy-in you'll get, the more reality you'll get out of it. Uh, like one thing we're looking for, just to close on a business point, uh, take home. I want a 30% take home culture when we get back to work. 
because there's other things we got to think about and how we serve as a client and why we do it. So I think that's one of my big aspects here is to change the business model, change the show opportunities, change everything we ever imagined at the Robert Cromie Salon so we can move into a whole new vision. Good. Fantastic. Well, that's a perfect way to wrap this up. We last had you on the podcast just over a year ago. So uh, coronavirus aside, it was well overdue to get you back on again. Uh, And so when we get through the other side of this, I'm going to uh, extend that invitation to you again, because you've got so much, both of you, to to add to the conversation. And I know that uh, hairdressers all over the world, um, you know, like hearing what your opinions are on things. So uh, Robert and Mary Chromians, thank you very much for being on this edition of the Grow My Salon Business uh, podcast. Uh, Keep well and let's look forward to a bright future together. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you. Next on the podcast to join us is Sue Ahrens from the Studio B Salons in Colorado, Denver. So uh, welcome to the show, Sue. Hello, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's really good to have you here. Um, I'm, I'm making it my mission to talk to, you know, some high-profile salon owners, some people that show good leadership, uh, not just around the country, but around the world at the moment. And uh, you were definitely on my list of people to talk to. So uh, do you want to give us a, a little bit of an update uh, as we sort of get into this by just sort of telling us what, what is the current situation in your salon group? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, So we have three salons, 90 employees, and we have been closed for just over a week now. We chose to close down the salon for the safety of our staff as well as the guests um, before the state mandated it. And then two days later, the state came through and closed us all anyways. Um, And it's uh, it's been a big challenge for everyone. Yeah. Um, a good learning lesson for all of us too. Yeah. So uh, how, how were the team when you, you know, had to tell them, listen, guys, we're, we're closing and you can't tell them when you're going to reopen, et cetera. Uh, how, how did that go down? You know, I think it, it was very emotional for all of us. Um, the staff was scared um, working on customers and hearing all of the different stuff in the news and, and so much uncertainty. So mm. there was a lot of fear And then when we do decide to close down, there's fear around that because, you know, this is their living. This is how they put food on their tables and pay their bills. And um, so there's that fear, too. And so it was kind of like a damned if we do, damned if we don't kind of thing. And um, they were all they have all been incredibly supportive and connected and engaged. and. they understanding and and um, but at the same time fearful and so we are all working really closely to stay connected and um, support one another and um, encourage each other. Um, we did uh, decide to do a, a paid leave benefit. Um, that was our our biggest concern with closing down was hurting all of these people's livelihoods and, mm-hmm. um, causing, you know, added stress in this situation. So we, um, worked really diligently on figuring out how, but we came up with a way Good. and, um, we have been able to offer them a, um, it's not what they make behind the chair, but it's still, 
you know, we're paying them. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. Well, you know. how do you, I mean, you've got 90 odd staff, uh, three salons. Um, how do you keep the communication going between, I mean, you know, you're closed now, so it's over a week. Uh, this could be another two, three, four weeks. We don't really know, do we? That's the reality. Uh, what, right. what have you put in place for, you know, keeping the channels of communication open with them? Because I think that that's really important, isn't it? Oh my gosh. It's so important. We are all highly emotional, creative, sensitive individuals. And um, we got into this industry so that we could connect with people and be creative and artistic and, you know, to shut somebody like that down and tell them they can't talk to people or touch people is really difficult. So we have really been, we're so fortunate to have the technology that we have in today's day and age. Um, I know they've all been communicating through Snapchat. We have um, a channel on Instagram, our education channel, where we do live um, pre-shifts every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're doing our pre-shifts still where everyone logs into that and we get to see whoever the leader is at that time. And we're really lucky to have some industry superstars joining us. Yeah. So, so, so what is that? What's a pre-shift? What do you mean by that? So in our salons every day, we have two shifts, nine to three and three to nine. And every single day at 8.45 and at 2.45, everyone who's getting ready to go on shift has a huddle. Right. Um, I think um, some salons call them huddles, but yeah. we will go over, you know, kind of our goals and topics and um, share formulas, um, okay. celebrate each other, you know, have so little powwows. Yeah. So you're still having those, even though yes. it's, it's virtually. So they're on, yes. they're all on Zoom or something, are they? Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. So we're using our Instagram education account to do oh, that. Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, so and, it's and a live. What, what do you find the biggest fairers that your staff have got like you know I mean I, I often have been sort of saying how there's always a lot of young people in our industry and mm -hmm. you know when I go into the average salon out there you see a lot of young you know 20 somethings and you know a lot of them live a fairly hand-to-mouth exercise uh, existence sorry um and you know they don't always have a stable home life etc and it, it sort of works but then you throw something like this in the loop and it totally upends everything. So, you know, what do you find their biggest, you know, sort of daily worries and, and, you know, how are you sort of, you know, dealing with that with them? So in talking with them, we've all been very, um, very open and communicating through um, all the various forms and text and calls and whatever we can do. And what I'm finding their biggest worry is this week is different than it was when we first shut down. Okay. Um, so being able to adjust and adapt and kind of move through as we all evolve with this is important. But this week, the biggest focus I think that we're hearing is that they're fearful that their guests aren't going to be able to afford to return to them hmm. and that, um, they won't be able to see these people that they have relationships with and that they love seeing and they look forward to and and that fill their books and um, help them, you know, live the lifestyle that they live. So I hear a lot of that uh, right now. And so we've been working really closely with our social media coordinator and all of the social media. And they we have some different programs that we'll put together some um, 
posts that they can put out and we're encouraging them to engage with their guests during this time and offer free consultations on FaceTime or DM or, you know, text or however they want to just connect with your guests, Mm. maintain that relationship, create that connection even while you're gone and be of service to them during this time because the guests are scared too. So how do we help them? You know, you're wearing a top knot for the fifth day in a row. How are your ends feeling? Mm. They haven't been conditioned, even though, you know, you think because it's in a top knot, you're not doing anything, but they haven't gotten their conditioner every two days either. So helping them deal with it all. Yeah, that's a very interesting observation, um, what you've just said, that what their challenges were last week or fears were last week are different to what they are this week. Last week, it was about how am I going to get paid? How am I going to survive? Do you know what I mean? This week, it's about how are the clients going to be able to afford to come back into us? Uh, It it will be interesting in another two, three, four weeks to to say what happened in week three, what happened in week four. Um, I think it's a really good example of how this is a movable feast. And this is why I I keep asking people, how are you communicating with your team? Because it's important Mm -hmm. to to have this ongoing channel of communication because there's the, you can be guaranteed that they're all on social media and watching TV news, et cetera. And as this situation evolves, and even while we've been talking, I'm seeing, you know, CNN alerts flash up on my screen, et cetera. uh, As this thing evolves, you know, people's fears and worries will will change um, mm-hmm. with it. And likewise, I think opportunities start to potentially uh, change. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's you know, like what you're saying that really sort of reinforces to me that I'm asking the right thing and that you're doing the right thing, that, that this was not a one-off bit of communication. We're closed. Right. See you later. We'll get in touch with you when we right. reopen. Right. There's right. A, a sort of responsibility to keep people informed, to keep people calm, and to give people, um, you know, relevant, realistic information. Because, you know, on social yes. media and on the, you know, the television, there's often a lot of hype and hysteria and, and misinformation. So, um, you, you, you then just also touched on the client thing. You sort of segued into the next thing, which I was going to ask, which is you know, okay, that's how you're communicating with the staff. You're doing these three weekly, you know, huddles using your Instagram um, education page. Uh, And then you sort of said how you're getting the staff to reach out to the clients on Instagram. Talk to us about that, about how how you as a brand, you as a company, you know, three salons, 90-odd staff, how you're communicating with clients to to keep them informed um, and potentially to... Um, I'm trying not to use the word sell, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying, I'm, you know what I'm, I'm leading to, I'm wanting yeah. to say, how are you trying to keep them engaged with your business? Right. Right. Well, we're definitely have, um, we're very fortunate in the fact that we have what we call a guest support center, which is, um, essentially a call center, but way more than that. And we have five girls working from home. Now we did have some in the call center too. Um, but now, um, the government shut down even that. So they're all working from home right now and they are reaching out to all of the clients, making sure that they are on, that they're getting scheduled with what they need and they're moving their appointments from March and April on to May and June and trying to schedule them out for several months so that if God forbid this goes into May and we have to move it, they're already on the books and they have their 
they're pre-booked through a couple of months. So they're reaching out to everyone um, via phone and email. Then we also are doing email blasts to everyone, keeping them informed. Um, like, for example, you know, we appreciate you and um, sorry for the delay if it takes us a little while to get back to you. We see 10,000 guests a month. It takes a long time for these girls to get through sure. everybody. Mm. And they're working very hard. And then we also will update them with... Um, we. We launched an online um, shopping campaign where they could purchase products, and then we would have from um, that got turned off yesterday by the government as well. But we also have um, gift cards that sorry. we're that sorry. we're doing. Sorry, so the internet sort of interrupted you a little bit there, um, and it got a bit garbled. But you said that you have an online shopping thing. Um, just tell us about that again. Okay, so we offered an online shopping opportunity and, and it's not fancy. It's very basic for during this time, but we know that people are at home running out of the supplies that they need and need to take care of their hair while they're gone. And so um, through our um, website, they're able to go in and fill out a form of what they need and then run their credit card. And then we're packing it up. I have um, one girl, she's packing it up and building little bags for people to come and do um, curbside pickup. Wow. Okay. And uh, what did you say? The government shut that down as well. Yes. Yes. Yesterday, um, the state of Colorado was put under another level of lockdown where you're only allowed to leave your house for um, essentials like food or medical help. Yeah, that's the same as, you know, our situation. Okay, uh, so so do you still have any income coming into the salon through any other channels like gift cards or anything, or that's pretty much um, cleared it out? Um, right now, that's the only thing um, that we're able to do. Um, and then, you know, we've been applying for aid and, you know, small business loan, all these different things, um, and deferring rent payments and getting terms with our manufacturers and distributors and just doing whatever we can to push expenses out and um, make sure that our number one priority is taking care of our staff. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, what do you think the long-term impact's going to be um, on the wider industry, not specifically just on your business, but how do you think this is going to impact on salons? I think um, several things are going to come from this, and and I hope several things come from this. In that, there's way more awareness around um, what could happen, and also appreciation for what we do have, and that we are um, single industry that builds relationships and has a license to touch and create um, wonderful artistry and creativity. And I think having people appreciate that more and then taking it to another level of added value and stronger relationships. Um, and then also I think from this, we're going to see more attention to detail where um, sanitation is concerned and um, individual safety and um, people having more awareness of others, you know, where so often we would have guests that come into the salon and they're coughing or have a fever or they called in sick to work. So they come to the salon and it's mm. like, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to kind of educate people on what you do 
it doesn't just impact you. It impacts everyone around you. Sure. Um, So it's going to, I think that there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot more connection, feeling, compassion, kindness, um, and cleanliness. Mm, mm, good, good. Okay. And you know, we don't know how long this is going to last, but, you know, one day we're going to be told that as of this date, you can open again. Um, have you have you started thinking about that date? And are you going to be doing anything different? Like what's, you know, Studio B going to look like uh, in, in terms of how they run their business on that new open day? Is there, you know, any anything that you're putting in place to sort of go, okay, that was before coronavirus. This is after coronavirus. This is how we're now doing things. Um, I would say yes. We're we're constantly evolving that. Um, I actually have a call at two o'clock today with my leadership team to go over some of those exact plans. So we don't have them nailed down. Much like the fears that change from our staff from week yeah. to week, the needs change from week to week. So we see the opportunities evolve. Um, so I don't have a, a plan set in stone yet, but it is, um, I, we know that we need to make sure that the staff feels safe and they understand how to keep everything clean and that they are empowered to send a guest home if they don't feel safe based on, you know, um, them being sick and, mm-hmm. um, doing some value add for our guests and some appreciation um, for our guests to, you know, have them come back in and be understanding and compassionate to everybody is in this, this situation. How can we make it be a win-win for everyone involved, the stylist and the guests and the business? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm talking to salon owners in, in many different countries and they could all be in the same country. They all have exactly the same concerns. They're saying exactly the same things. They all have the same worried look on their face. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, because it's it's affecting everybody. I can't ever think yes. of anything that has affected everybody like this. It's usually you're looking at it on your TV screens in some far-flung corner of the world. Uh, and now, mm-hmm. no matter who I talk to, no matter what country they're in, the, the, they might be a week ahead of us or a week behind us, but we're all going through the same thing there. What, um, so what, what advice would you give to other salon owners out there, um, you know, because we've got people in 50 different countries listening to this, um, you know, and like I say, they're all in the same boat. So what, what's some general right. advice that you would give to a salon owner listening to this? I think the first thing would be um, to be human and um, the business is scary and we're, we're fearful, but we can't lead and manage through fear. We need to uh, be compassionate and kind and remember that every one of our employees is a, a, a mother or a father, a, a daughter or a son, a sister or a brother. And not only are they stressed about their work and um, when they can get back to it, but, but they're also, they have all of these emotions that are going on from their personal life. And, and I think it, it can, they can feel very torn and conflicted on what do I put first. And so I think having that compassion and, and loving them where they're at and understanding that 
they need to process through all of these emotions, not just their loss of work, but, mm. you know, they might have a mother that they're trying to protect from catching this thing. And, and they feel the pressure, you know, I want to visit my mom, but I can't because I might get her sick. You know, there's a lot, it's way more complex than, mm. um, you know, our businesses are shutting down. Our businesses rely on human beings. We need our stylists to be able to, be happy and healthy and take care of our guests. We need our guests to be happy and healthy and prosperous so they can come visit us. So it's, um, it's way more than, um, than a balance sheet. Exactly. (laughs) The balance sheet is so important. I had someone reach out to me this morning, um, on Instagram, uh, who I employed 30 years ago. And, um, I have spoken to her during the last 30 years, um, and we never fell out or anything, but I, I got the most touching message from her this morning. Um, uh, you know, just, just about exactly what you're talking about, about relationships and about the humanity of it and about love and about kindness and respect and all that. And, uh, and it is so important because all of that is just under the surface with it, with all of us. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're difficult times that, that, that we live in here. So, you know, as a, as a leader, you know, you're dealing with, I mean, I know you just said you've got to get off this call and you get on with the call with your management team. You've got 90 staff you're responsible for, et cetera. Uh, what about you? Um, what, what are you doing as a leader uh, to stay positive? you know, and to look after yourself. What what are some things that you would say to other leaders that make sure you do this and this? You know, there's a lot of things. And the first thing that comes to mind is connecting with my staff. I love each and every one of them. I would, I work for them. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do this if it wasn't for the relationships that I have with all of them and seeing their creativity and their kindness and connecting with each other and um, just even seeing their growth through this is the number one thing that keeps me going. Mm. Um, I also have been really taking advantage of um, every podcast and webinar and um, live stream that I can. I I watched Robert and Colin uh, the other day and it's so encouraging to know that I'm not alone and to hear all of these other Um, salon owners and leaders sharing their fears and their hopes and their dreams um, because we're not alone. We're all in this together and we are not in competition with each other. We are, you know, we need to link arms and do it together. Exactly. And so I think, again, it goes to that connection, connecting with people. Yep, exactly. Um, Well, that is the perfect place to wrap up before I start to tear up because, you know, you're dead right with what you're saying. So Sue Ahrens from Studio B in Colorado, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us on this podcast. And at a later date, I'd really like to get you on the podcast because I've been privy to, you know, seeing your business and seeing the people and the culture that work in it. And I know that you're a great sharer and uh, you're doing some fantastic things there at Studio B and it would be really good to have the opportunity to dig in deeper and to, to share some more of your um, ethos about people and about culture because that is one of the huge strengths that you have in your business. So Sue Aaron, thank you for joining us today on the Grow My Salon Business Podcast. Thank you, Anthony. It's always a pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.